There was this minister, and uh, he was having to wait in a long line uh, at a gas station uh, just before a long holiday weekend. I guess the guy lives in New Jersey. Uh, and uh, this gas attendant, now, you know, he was working hard, and he was working as fast as he could, but the line was long, and it just took a long time. And finally, an empty spot appeared uh, before one of the pumps. The gas station attendant waves a minister forward. minister finally gets to the empty gas pump, rolls his window down, and the gas attendant says, I'm so sorry, Reverend. I'm sorry for the delay, but it just seems as, as if everybody just waits to the last minute to get ready for a long trip. And, you know, the minister kind of laughed and he said, you know, he said, I certainly understand. It's the same way in my business. <laughs> some of you might need to think about that, but some of you aren't going to laugh at all. That's all right. All right. Uh, this morning, we're going to continue our series in the uh, book of Proverbs. And uh, I've entitled the message, The Power of Sex. And I was told, you know, just before the service started that we actually ran out of bulletins. One of the few times we we actually ran out of bulletins. So next Sunday's sermon will be the allure of sex, all right? So apparently that's a popular topic even during the Christmas season. So, all right. Lord, we just thank you for humor. And I do thank you for, seriously, the gift of worship. And... All humor aside, it's a very serious topic we're going to discuss. <laughs> you don't have to read the newspaper to see it's ripping apart our culture. And so I just ask, Holy Spirit, that you will fill us right now, fill this place. I ask that you will fill me from the soles of my feet to the crown of my head. That I truly, Lord, will just speak your words on this very, very important subject. I ask that you would give us soft hearts to receive because every one of us will be offended at some point. And there's no room for offense. Not when it comes to truth. Because truth is what will set us free. So I'm asking now you'll have your way. And I'm asking for this in your precious name. We Americans tend to have a low view of sex. In fact, one of our standard lines is, is just sex. In a recent survey, it was found that 29% of people have sex on the first date, 29%. Men on the average have 20 sexual partners in a lifetime. Women are somewhere around six on the average. 40 million American adults admit to viewing pornographic websites weekly. Notice a key word there being admit. The number is actually much higher than that. 65% of teenagers have had sex by the time they graduate from high school. Almost four, ten, and four babies out of ten in America now are born out of wedlock. Can you believe that? Almost four out of ten. That's an amazing statistic. In the greeting card industry, there's actually something new. It's called the Secret Lovers Collection. According to the greeting card industry, this new, this new collection of cards, and I quote, is committed to providing a greeting card with empathy and understanding without judgment to lovers involved in secret relationships. Isn't that sweet? The founder of this greeting card uh, collection said she wanted to be able to help the unfaithful express their emotions. How thoughtful. So how do you market? How do you market, seriously, cards for the sexually unfaithful? Answer very subtly. These cards can be cataloged or displayed under such labels as love expressions. 
And intimacy I mean, it sounds really good. Card messages include slogans like, I used to look forward to my weekends, but since we met, they seem like an eternity now. And for the holidays, as we each celebrate with our families, I'll be thinking of you. Wow. Can you say that backwards? That's amazing, huh? Now I want you to know, though, you know, uh, it's just sex is not just a mentality that's for today. It was even true back in Solomon's time. 3,000 years ago, King Solomon, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, I just want to rattle off some scriptures here. Here we go. Skip. Here we see in Proverbs 5, 3, For the lips of an immoral woman are as sweet as honey, and her mouth is smoother than oil. Put up the next one, Skip. Then we're told this in Proverbs. It will keep you from the immoral woman. Wisdom, he's talking about the it is wisdom, being smart. From the smooth tongues of a promiscuous woman, don't lust for her beauty. Don't let her coy glances seduce you. And then he writes this in chapter 7. Love wisdom like a sister. Make insight a beloved member of your family. Let them protect you from an affair with an immoral woman. From listening to the flattery of a promiscuous woman. While I was at the window of my house looking through the curtain, I saw some naive young men, and one in particular who lacked common sense. I love that. He was crossing the street near the, near the house of the immoral woman, strolling down the path of her house. It was at twilight in the evening as deep darkness fell. The woman approached him, seductively dressed and sly of heart. She was the brash, rebellious type, never content to stay at home. She is often in the streets and markets, soliciting at every corner. You know, it's certainly true. Sex sells, and sex sells for men in particular. It was true 3,000 years ago, and I want you to know it is still true today. In fact, historically, men are much more prone to sexual immorality than women were. Women were actually known as the fairer sex or the, you know, virtuous sex. Sadly, though, that's not so true anymore. One reason why men are so prone to sexual immorality is because men are visually oriented. Men are visually oriented. In other words, we like the form of a woman. We like the outward appearance of a woman. We are just attracted to them and and how they look. This was true 3,000 years ago, and uh, as we just read, and it is still absolutely true today. For example, let me just give you an example. Have you ever wondered why you will see oftentimes with a car ad, a beautiful woman? Skip, can you put up the picture? Now, what does that woman have to do with the car? In fact, do you think that woman knows anything about cars? Do you think she knows whether that car is a good car or a bad car? You know, and, and, and the other question I always had or thought about as I looked at this picture is, why in the world is she sitting on the hood? I mean, is she testing the shock absorbers or what? You see, the reality is sex sells. No, no, it sells. And when women, or men see a beautiful woman, their, their brains just go to mush. And so a man looks at this, his brain's gone mush, and he goes, wow, if I get that car, I'm going to get that woman. No, we, we, we laugh at that. It's, it's, it's absolutely true. I mean, and if he won't get that particular woman, at least if he drives that car, he's going to, you know, be a babe magnet. Don't ask me how driving that car, but, you know, I mean, it just shows you. No, it's, it, 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 it's just absolutely unbelievable. 
but men's brains just go to mush when they see a beautiful woman. And so I want to say a word to women right now, right? Now, like I said, people are going to get angry at me and send those cards and letters to Jeff, all right? Uh, (laughs) He'd be more than happy to field those. But I would like to speak a word to women right now. And I'm talking about women who claim to be followers of Jesus Christ. So if you don't, then you're off the hook here, all right? Not really. But uh, since we're talking about dress or lack of dress, uh, I I think it's important to talk about this. 2,000 years ago, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, the Apostle Paul wrote these words in 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verses 9 and 10. Here's what he wrote. Under... So this is like God speaking, all right? And I want women to be modest in their appearance. They should wear decent and appropriate clothing and not draw attention to themselves by the way they fix their hair or by wearing gold or pearls or expensive clothes. For women who claim to be devoted to God, notice that, for women who claim to be devoted to God should make themselves attractive by the good things that they do. Now, you know, I I can just imagine, could you imagine just, you know, publicly saying that in America today? People are going to, are you kidding me? What a prude. What a prude Paul is. I mean, this guy is completely and totally out of touch. And I say, really? See, if you take into consideration how God designed a man, and and, and God did design men to be visual, let me tell you something, that's wisdom. That is real wisdom that the Apostle Paul, you know, wrote down there. Uh, Kim Alexis. Skip, can you put up her picture? Some of you might remember her name. She was actually one of the uh, most, uh, maybe we don't have her picture, but uh, she was actually one of the first supermodels in the industry. In fact, she was on over 500 cover, magazine covers, from Vogue to Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Edition. And then on January 21st, 1990, she gave her heart, her life to Jesus Christ. I mean, she made Jesus Christ her Lord and her Savior. Jesus Christ got a hold, a hold of this woman's life. I mean, you, could, you can read about this. Check this out. And now she spends most of her time counseling women not to make the mistakes that she made. And in an interview in a magazine, she said this. Now listen to this. Many women are playing with fire in the way they dress. Dressing like a floozy tells the world, look at me, want me, lust after me. I am easy and you can have me. Displaying intimate parts of the body is a form of advertising for sex. On the other hand, dressing modestly tells the world, I respect myself. And I insist on being treated with respect. Alexis went on to say this. It is possible to be stylish and attractive without wearing something that is too short, low cut, or see-through. End of quote. Now, there's a woman who has found wisdom. That is a woman who has found wisdom. And men, if you want to be serious about not falling sexually, then you and I, we need to learn to guard our eyes. In fact, the Apostle Paul wrote this. Uh, to his disciple Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 22. Listen to these penetrating words. He says this, now men, run, flee from anything that stimulates youthful lust. And what he is saying is anything that gets your hormones, anything that gets your adrenaline moving so that you become like a Mexican jumping bean on the inside, flee. You need to flee from it. I need to flee from it. I need to have absolutely nothing to do with this. Again, I want to remind you what Solomon wrote in Proverbs 7. Skip, can you put those verses up again in Proverbs chapter 7? While I was at the window of my house, looking through the curtain, I saw, watch this, some idiot, that's really what that says, young man, 
And one in particular who really lacked common sense, he was crossing the street near the house of an immoral woman, strolling down the path by her house. It was, I love this part. Now watch this. It was twilight in the evening as a deep darkness fell. You know what? A deep darkness did fall on this guy. It fell on his soul. You see, Solomon is saying this young man was at the wrong place, at the wrong time, in the wrong frame of mind. And guess what? That equals disaster. That equals men, disaster. You know, there was this transportation company, and they placed an ad in a local newspaper. The ad read like this. Wanted, conscientious and experienced truck driver to transport TNT across narrow mountain roads. Pay is very good. Three brave drivers interviewed for the jobs, or you might say three fools. I don't know which one. The foreman of the transportation company asked each man this question. Now listen to the question. When you turn a corner on a tight mountain road, how close to the edge can you drive without slipping off? The first man said, oh man, I've had years of experience at that. I can get as close as a foot from the edge. The second applicant said, I can hang the outside edge of my tire over the edge of the cliff and still stay on the road. The third man replied, I respect the load and the danger. I would never get close enough to find out. Guess who got the job? Third guy got the job. Third guy got the job. Let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. Sex is like TNT. It is dangerous. And a person who is wise certainly understands this. In fact, Solomon wrote this in Proverbs chapter 6 and verse 27. Can a man scoop fire into his lap? Can a man play with fire and not get burned? The answer is absolutely not. And men, it is time that you and I, I know we got pride up the you-know-what. We have pride, but it's time we admit there are some things we simply cannot handle. There are some things we cannot handle. We all not know in our hearts, come on, we all know in our heart of hearts that line of sexual purity, and we know when we cross that line of sexual purity. Why am I getting guys looking at their shoes right now? Come on, we know the line of sexual purity, and we know when we cross it. We know that there are certain films and there are certain pictures and magazines. You know what? We just cannot handle that. There are certain television programs we cannot handle. In fact, watching late night television, you know, that's just a no-no. You're just asking for trouble to have the television on late at night. There are certain websites. There are certain websites we all know we shouldn't be on. There are times... There are times we have no business being on the computer, guys. There are just absolute, that's just smart. That is just wisdom. And you know what those times are. There are certain rooms and there are certain places that we should never be alone with a member of the opposite sex. These things and places are just way too tempting for us if we're honest. And we are playing with fire. We are absolutely playing with fire. Now, you know, obviously we can't, you know, keep ourselves uh, from all. We can't avoid all sexual stimuli. 
I mean, we live in a sex-charged culture. But I love what the great reformer Martin Luther said. Martin Luther once said this. He said, he said, you know, you can't keep the birds of the air from flying over your head, but you can keep them from nesting in your hair. And putting that in a modern vernacular or modern terms, if you are on a diet, you don't stop at the Krispy Kreme donut shop. <laughs> Wisdom tells us to flee. It tells us to run from sexual immorality. That means you don't debate it. That means you don't flirt with it. That means you don't see how close to the line you can come to it. Because you see, if you play with fire, you're going to get burned. You will get burned. You know, in my 30-plus years as a minister, my 30-plus years as a pastor, I've never once had someone come up to me and say, Pastor, I committed adultery, and I am so glad that I did. My life has gotten a whole lot better. It's the best decision I've ever made. No one has ever said that to me in my 30-plus years in the ministry. But I have had people come up to me and say this, you know, Pastor, I committed adultery. I wish I could just relive that moment. I wish I could go back in time and change what I did. And I've had that. I've had that, in fact, on numerous occasions. Now, some of you might be wondering, well, what makes sex so powerful? And why did God create it? And yes, you heard me right. God created sex. You know what that means? God is good. (laughs) All right, I'll go with that. It means God's pro-sex. No. God is pro-sex. So I want to be crystal clear on that point. But in the wrong context, it can destroy you and it will destroy you. Listen to these words that the Apostle Paul wrote 2,000 years ago in 1 Corinthians in chapter 6. Skip, can you put those up? I will not be mastered by anything. Food for the stomach and the stomach for food. But God will destroy them both. The body is not meant for sexual immorality, but for the Lord. And the Lord for the body. By his power, God raised the Lord from the dead. And he will raise us also. Do you not know your bodies are members of Christ himself? Shall I then take the members of Christ and unite them with a prostitute? Never. Do you not know that he who unites himself with a prostitute is one with her body? For it is said the two will become one flesh. But he who unites himself with the Lord is one with him in spirit. Therefore, flee sexual immorality. You know, Paul is making an incredible, incredible statement here. He says that when two people come together, a man and a woman come together physically, when they come together sexually, they form a one flesh relationship. In fact, a kind of bond, you might say, is created. In fact, I looked up that word unite in verse 16 of 1 Corinthians in chapter 6, and oftentimes in the Greek, it refers to glue. It refers to glue. So what Paul is saying is that when two people come together physically, when two people unite sexually, they are glued together. You know, if you're a woodworker, our woodworkers will tell you that one of the greatest inventions is Elmer's wood glue. 
No, no, listen to this. I was reading it. They say that if you take Elmer's wood glue and you appropriately apply it, it forms a bond between the two pieces of wood that is actually stronger than the wood itself. And if you happen to break the bond between those two wood pieces, you know what happens? You damage both pieces of the wood. So you take two people, you bring them together sexually, you are forming a bond. It's like glue. And you get ripped apart for any reason, and it's hurtful to both parties. That's exactly what he is saying. It's like glue to a relationship. And one of the dumbest lines we have today is have safe sex. Well, you can't put a condom on a heart. You can't put a condom on a heart. There is no such thing as safe sex. That is a major lie of our culture. Don't fool yourself into thinking that sex is merely physical. Sex involves the body, the soul, and the spirit. Well, I kind of want to begin to wind this down, and I want to move towards the challenge this morning. The challenge is this. I want us to take and really think about it. God wants us to take sex seriously. God wants you and he wants me to start taking it very, very seriously. I want you to know, sadly, in our culture, God is the only one who will tell you about the good aspects of sex, but also the destructive aspects of sex. That's why it's so important that you read truth. And, you know, one of the great series I think that's going on in one of our small groups, someone's doing the Song of Solomon. And there's a great, great series being done on that. And by the way, that tells you God is pro-sex. If you ever have any doubt about that, just read the Song of Solomon. But I want you to know that sex can be extremely destructive. In fact, this is a true story. There was a businessman who, some years ago, he had to go out of town for business and So when he arrived in the new city, he checked into his hotel room. He had some time on his hands. He got bored. He got lonely. And you know what he did? Got on the telephone. He calls a escort service. Calls for a prostitute. About a half hour later, he hears a knock on his door. When he opens the door, who is standing before him but his daughter? Can you imagine that, guys? was his daughter. He began to have heart pain, chest pains. Shortly thereafter, he died of a heart attack. I'm going to tell you something. Sex handled wrongly, sexual folly carries huge consequences. Huge. I don't care what our culture says. They're lying to you. And it carries huge, huge consequences. And the wise person, the wise man, seeks to protect not only his eyes, but he seeks to protect his heart. You know, in AA, Alcoholics Anonymous, you are to ask yourself four questions when you feel tempted. Four questions. In fact, the four questions spell the word Halt, H-A-L-T. Question number one, are you happy? 
So in other words, when you're feeling tempted, you're to ask yourself these four questions. Question number one, are you happy or hungry? Excuse me. Question number two, are you angry? Question number three, are you lonely? Question number four, are you tired? And I would like to add a fifth question to that. Are you disappointed? Are you discouraged? These things, the reason why they list them, and by, what, by the way, the guys who started Alcoholics Anonymous are two born-again Christians. They know what they're talking about. And they realize that these things make us vulnerable. So in other words, when you begin to experience and you're actually hungry or you're angry or you're lonely or you're tired, and men, especially if you're disappointed, if you're discouraged, you are extremely vulnerable to temptation and to falling, especially sexually with the last one. And so here's what I'm going to say that you need to do if you want to be victorious. Here we go. Number one, the Bible. It's amazing. You know, when I'm tempted, that does happen to me. When I'm tempted, you know what I do? First thing I pull out the Bible, bam. It's so amazing how quickly, no, it's just how quickly, boom, Satan has just stopped. You know, the temptation really stops. So I just, just pull this out and I begin reading it. It is absolutely amazing. So the first thing is the Bible. The second thing is I just begin praying, Lord, help me. You know, one of the greatest prayers you can, pr- you know, pray. You know, do you know what the shortest prayer in the Bible, where it's found? You remember Peter sinking in the water? Love that guy. Love it. Great prayer. Lord, save me. Smart guy. One of the most powerful prayers of the entire Bible. Prayer. Truth. Prayer. Third thing. Guys. Women. Accountability. Nothing will help you more than to have men. Two, three, four men. You can text. You can call. I'm in trouble. Women. No different. That's why, you know, it's not like I'm trying to be super spiritual when I say you need to be in a small group and you need to be with some men. That's just, that's just wisdom. I'm in trouble. Help me. That's a smart person. That's a wise person. And the last thing I want to say, so we're talking truth, prayer, accountability, having, having people around you that you can call, that you can contact, and finally, live a healthy lifestyle. You know, I hear people saying, well, I'm up all hours of the night. Not smart. Go to bed early. No. I'm, you can just say, uh, uh, Pastor, whew, I'm the exception. You don't understand. I'm a late person. I won't say you're a dumb person. No, okay. You're not a smart person. Go to bed at a good hour. Get seven, eight hours of sleep. Eat well. Do not stop at Dunkin' Donuts regularly. And get some exercise. You show me a person who's doing those four things, and I'll teach you and show you a person who is living generally victoriously. Father, I pray that we just take really seriously. I've just seen so many lives 
Wow, destroy. Sex can be such a beautiful thing because it can bring a man and a woman together in a way that nothing else can. But it can be so destructive. And I, I, my guess is there are some who are, are, are feeling convicted and guilty, and I just want to give a word of encouragement. Peter probably had one of the greatest failures, and yet when we just repent, Jesus is there with wide open arms. When we repent, there is forgiveness. There is forgiveness. And so I'm just asking even now in this moment that for those who are living under guilt right now, that they would just look at the cross and turn to the one who died for every single sin. Every single sin is covered by the blood of Christ if we just receive that. No one has to walk out of here under condemnation. They can walk out of here right now. Right now. Though their sins may be as scarlet, they can walk out as white as snow because of the blood of Jesus Christ. And for those of us right now that might be struggling, I just ask that we'll take really seriously just to turn to you, Lord. Turn to your word. Turn to you in prayer. Turn to a trusted friend so that there's nothing like, ah, yeah, temptations really hurt sometimes, but victory is sweet when we overcome. And I pray that for everyone here. In your precious name, Jesus, amen. Hi, I'm Jeff Eckstein, one of the pastors here at Bethlehem Community Church. Welcome to our Sunday podcast, coming to you from the town of Bethlehem in upstate New York in the USA. Bethlehem Community Church is an independent, non-denominational, Bible-based evangelical church that includes people with backgrounds from many denominations. We believe that it is only through the love of the Father, the sacrifice of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ on the cross, and the power of the Holy Spirit that we can come into a personal relationship with God. We are people truly seeking a deeper intimacy with God and with one another. If you'd like to know more about our church, please visit our website at www.bccdelmar.org. There you'll be able to find our statement of faith, as well as more about the ministry of Bethlehem Community Church. You'll also be able to submit prayer requests as we are called to pray with and for you. We also would love to hear your story and how you found our podcast and where you're listening from. So please visit our website and send us an email. Again, it's bccdelmar.org. That's bccdelmar.org. Thank you for joining us as we continue our pursuit of knowing God and making him known.